Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, hello. My name is Joe Armstrong, and you are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Susan Tunney. A precocious Susan Tunney was stuffed into a corset and practicing her dialect for a period piece in her college's theater program when she had an epiphany. A voice in her head said something akin to, What am I doing here pretending to be somebody else? That moment of artistic clarity found her leaving school and heading back to her native Chicago, where she had the good fortune to land in the middle of the heyday of the city's fertile 90s music scene. She formed a band called Adam Jack with her best friend Sophie Lee, and they set about doing what bands do, writing songs, playing shows, and making albums. In short order, they'd built a solid following both locally and on the road, and the band was selling out top-tier venues in Chicago. After Lee quit the band to attend to a family health crisis, Tunney moved to New York City and eventually back to Chicago, releasing music under her own name all the while. But a life in music can be hard on one's constitution, and years of the grind prompted Tunney to step away from the business and move to Los Angeles to focus on family. But when you're a songwriter, the relentless muse keeps sending inspiration whether or not you think you're listening. And before long, Tunney was back writing songs, assembling band, and releasing new material. California has been good for Tunney, and her new songs showcase both her raspy alto as well as her deft hand at turning a phrase. Welcome to Independence Day, Susan Tunney. Hi, Susan. Hey. How are you? I'm pretty good today. This is one of my favorite things. I've been looking forward to this ever since we booked this because you are a Chicagoan. I am. I am a Chicago. Through and through. And there's a simpatico that, that yeah. I mean, I'm sure every city has this, like people from Cleveland, people from Philly, people from Boston. Like you meet somebody from your home turf, yeah. you know, halfway across the country or halfway around the world, and there's a level of comfort. Yep. You know? So I think this is going to yeah. be, I'm, I've been looking forward to this because I, I, now that I know what I know about you, uh, I'm already comfortable. Yeah, and I'm I'm having a good time getting to know you, and I think this is going to be fun for the listeners as well to kind of yeah. get to know you and find out what you're all about. So the first thing I want to ask you about, okay, is like your musical journey. Let's call it. Uh-huh. It's kind of similar to mine. Oh, really? Like Chicago, yeah, and then New York, yeah, and then Chicago, exactly, and then L.A. Funny. So tell me, like, take me on this ride. Okay. Like why you know you. You did music, I know. We college, of course, you went away and then came back and then. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I, I, st- I started. I, I literally like I had a stutter until I discovered my voice. You're singing, which voice. is which is interesting. But um, and then you know I, I I did have a short little like a music career and then I decided to become an actress. And I, uh, I went to school at the University of North Carolina. School of the Arts, and um, yeah, I decided one day when I was up there in my little corset, speaking and received pronunciation and playing like Lady Windermere in an Oscar Wilde play that I, I had things to say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to Chicago and I, I you know, continued to 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 do a little bit of acting and improv with like the. Original like with US, UCB the guys from U, U, UCB and uh, just uh, as I got more and more really into what I was doing making music and this band just sort of fell together called Adam Jack I just 
gravitated more and more towards music. And um, I began to, you know, pick up the guitar and try to, like, follow my voice as I was playing because I, I didn't really play an instrument in my first band, but I was vocal. I was the lead vocal. Um, but I was co-writing with um, my friend Sophie Lee, and and um, I I wanted to be able to follow, you know, with my follow my voice with an instrument. You mean with an instrument, and right. um, I was terrible. I, I was not. <laughs> yeah, I, I really had to work at it. Yeah. And, well, you uh, were grown up by this point. I mean, it seems like a lot of kids. Yeah. Like they learn an instrument I, when the young when the young mind is pliable. And yeah. And you're on you're in kind of right mode yeah. where and, everything and then, goes in. And like Sophie was like a Suzuki kid, so she played like seven instruments, and you know. But, that which is great. She knew all the theory, and she had gone to DePaul School of Music, and you know, I mean, it was really uh, I sort of, you know, I wanted to do it, and I, my fingers bled, and everybody hated me that lived in my house, and but I, you know, eventually it sort of, you know, I'm, I do it just to follow my my voice, you know. No. In in Adam Jack, when you were playing in that band, yeah, because mm-hmm. you guys had some, you know, you did well. You toured with that band, right? yeah. We so did a little you, bit up, a little bit of touring, but not extensively. But mm-hmm. we 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 could have done more. But you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. We had opportunities right. like that we passed by that were, right. you know, not something I would do today. But it's whatever it is. Yeah. Um. We but we played with a lot of great band. Like we played with Cake. Um, we played like on the same stage, or we we played at Metro mm-hmm. at and the Late Show after Big Star played. Oh wow! And we that's were like, cool. oh my! I was like, oh my god! I'm standing around. Oh my god! This is like, <sighs> yeah, this is so cool. Um, I only played Metro once the whole time I was there. Uh-huh. We like we played there a lot the last year we were together before everything sort of blew up. You know, yeah. Um, As the band, they kept on do. putting us on some really sweet. Yeah, little things because our, our we had a, we put out this uh, we made this video right scraping together, which um, was a lot harder back friends. then. Yeah, you know, um, our good friend. Oh God, I wish I could remember. Well, we'll get there. Anyhow, we made we made a video to uh, this this song called "Crazy Kate," and um, it started getting a lot of play on that uh, JBTV, and then. So that was cool, you know. I mean, they kept it. That gave us a little bit more attention, and then got some good reviews out. And it seemed like all five of us were from different areas. Of like, uh, our base, our base player was from Northern Indiana, like Northwest Indiana. <laughs> different areas. And I was from the <laughs> South Side of Chicago. Me right. and Sophie. She's she's from Joliet. 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 And then um, Mike Chamberlain, who played bass, and and. Uh, Mike Hoban were from the North Shore. Mm, New Trier kids. Uh, so we could be, draw from like right. so many different places that I we didn't we didn't do it on purpose, but literally like, we, the draw we had a great draw like from yeah. the beginning. Just you know. yeah, who knows how that stuff happens? I mean, talent, of course, but I mean, I know tons of talented bands who never got caught the spark. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I know I know people who. It's it's a it's a crime against humanity. I know that they're not making not not just not making a living at it, but making a good living at it. Or you know, I I'm 
a believer in the fact that probably some of the greatest artists around will never even hear. Yeah. Never even know it's not like It's like even, okay, you think David Bowie. David Bowie had to make a few albums before he broke. Yeah. And nowadays, you don't really get... The, I mean, sure, you can make albums on your own all you want, but, but now there, there's so much content being released every year, month, day, second, Yeah, that it just gets caught up in the whirlwind of stuff. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's, just, it's funny, because I, I never want to give the impression that I'm negative about the way the new paradigm is, because it's just like it was before. It's both positive and negative. Right. It's just different challenges. You just have to give in, you know? I mean, it's not going to go away, you know? Um, yeah. You have to think forward, yeah. you know, and just kind of give in. I mean, I... I actually like received my first like substantial royalty statement this last quarter. Yeah. You know, and that's from I streamed stuff. I had a couple of different pla- like little placements. placements and um TV shows and and then, you know, because nobody knew me here, I I put I was trying to get here in Los Angeles, I was trying to get like you know, some of my music out there to get people to my show. And so I put up a few songs on on the SoundCloud. And then the next thing I knew, I had like actual like fans from all over the place. And they're all like college age and they're somehow playing it on their college Mm. radio stations. Because that's the, I hate to use this word, but like that's the demographic that you actually want. I think about myself in college. I mean, music is still the most important thing to me to this very day. Always has been, always will be. But that was a period in my life yeah. when I could devote almost as much time to music well, we, as we I absorbed. wanted. That, that shapes your your taste and like your what you like for the rest of... Right. It's a formative period of your life. And right. the music that you're listening to at that time, both in high school and in college, then becomes mm-hmm. like, that's that soundtrack of that period in your life. Yeah. And as you age, you look back upon those memories and yeah. that's still the soundtrack that plays. Right. You know, like when I think about, I mean, it goes year by year. And it's, I guess it's the same thing now, but like the the, memory, the stuff just piles up. Like I, there, mm-hmm. there's a certain year, it's like uh, Edie Brickell and New Bohemians. Oh yeah, you know, I was just year. thinking about that the other day because... You know, that thing's going around with the 10, your 10 yeah. most influential albums and, and like definitely Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. That you listen to at that, you know. Oh, in, in God, that, over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that being said, like how awesome is that, that I, that is how I, I, I'm actually getting radio play yeah. in places like South America, Germany, yeah. Sweden, like if they didn't have that outlet of actually just putting him up on right. SoundCloud. Right. These it's just in, and now like it's actually like people go, Did you hire like a radio promo? I'm like, the re- the record's not even released. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm talking with Susan Tunney, by the way, T U N N E Y. She's a Los Angeles based singer songwriter, also guitarist. Originally hails from Chicago, my hometown. So, Susan, why don't we let's hear some music here? Okay. You've got a new EP yeah. coming out very, very soon. What's the EP yeah. called? Farleys. Farley, and what is that exactly? What's what's that? Um, well, it happens to be the name of the childhood estate or home that Nick Drake Ooh. grew up in. Love me some Nick Drake. Oh yeah, love, I, love, love, love. It reminds me. Know, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a festival like a Nick Drake festival in in. 
England every year that like everybody's you can go to and everybody's like everybody's morose like and morose <laughs> and they're, but they're playing um you know Nick Drake songs all over the yeah. place you can actually like play, go get a gig there wow <laughs> which I would love actually just to yeah. see I you know he's one of those things like I discovered him late and I admit I actually discovered him because of that Volkswagen commercial a lot of people did, that, but because I never even heard of this guy, right? Yeah, and then no, it's and it just mind blowing. Just that that one commercial was just, and it was so well yeah. done. They've got the best ad. It was really that was really one of the worst, the first ad songs that yeah that that really brought a you know uh, a, a, it brought him to light right. Really. Right, so I mean, I heard about it, and right away, there's no Shazam back then. You couldn't ask Siri like, what song it was. Like, oh my god, yeah, what is that? And the internet did exist, so I remember doing a search, like, what is that song? And I figured out it was Pink Moon, and then went and you know, I it was right around Thanksgiving time, and I was mm-hmm. out in the Western Illinois. I have some relatives that are from like out by the Mississippi River area, and I mm-hmm. went out there for Thanksgiving. And my aunt uh, had she had you know, it's like a generation ahead of me had purchased like the best of Nick Drake, the whatever it's called, the um is it the not five leaves left or what that's oh, the, right. the five is left. Yeah. Five five leaves left. So he had the Which the, is my favorite of his album. The best of. Yeah. Well it's the solid because his stuff was a little inconsistent, I think. And Pink Moon's like twenty two minutes No, long. he put out he put out three albums. I love I think they're all really good. But it uh it concentrated them, I guess maybe is a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I and I think I went back to Chicago like that night. I think I bought my own copy that night yeah. and was obsessed forevermore. Yeah. Actually, that's what Aaron bought me a uh, vinyl Ooh. for Christmas. And that's Aaron Baker we're talking about. He's yeah. going to be playing guitar on some songs in just a few minutes. Yeah. But first, let's hear something off this new EP. We've okay. been, been kind of we kind of got sidetracked by okay, our, our, okay. our mutual love for Nick yeah. Drake. But what this is? Uh... This song is called Special, and okay. um, I guess it's sort of about. You know, the, the hook is, you know, who loves you special, who loves you special, I do. And it's about kind of learning to love yourself. Yeah. Like, who loves you? You, love, you have to love yourself special. Yeah. So, it's kind, that's kind of where... It's prophetic. No, it's good. I like it. I like it. No, <laughs> yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's a very important thing. I, I have a song about the very same topic because yeah. I, I, like, I like sad music. You know, there's been those scientific studies that show that sad music makes you happy. At least it does me. You know, <laughs> yeah. so like, I mean, my 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 friends call it sad bastard music, and they don't want to hang around me when I'm listening to depressing music. But that's pretty much what I've. That's that's my mm-hmm. thing. You know, I don't. I'm not. I don't walk around every day being depressed. But I like sad music. I can't yeah. explain it. So. Yeah, people refer to some of my work as melancholy. Melancholy. That's another you know, that's a very melancholy. descriptive word uh, for Drake it. Drake is definitely definitely the, the epitome of melancholy. Yeah. Well, he kind of cornered that. Market. Kind of cornered that market. All right, let's hear this. My (laughs) guest this week on Independence Day, Susan Tunney. She is a Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter from Chicago, originally my hometown. Lots of simpatico going on in tonight's episode. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk more about Chicago. We'll talk more about her music in just a minute. But first, let's hear this. This is Susan Tunney with Special.
That is Susan Tunney on Independence Day. The track is special. She's got a brand new EP coming out very soon. You've been working on this for a while now, right? Well, yeah. You know, I I started the process uh, in literally like late 2014. Um, And we had it like pretty much master... Actually... some financial this and that like stopped us from you know actually moving forward and finishing and finishing Who's it. Who's us? Oh, I was I was working with Dave Trumfio. Okay, um, from King Size Recording, you know King Size uh, Sound Labs, and um, yeah, he's a wonderful producer and uh, has worked on some of my favorite albums. And I couldn't even believe I actually convinced him to work with me. <laughs> you know. So uh, it took us a little while to to finish the get get the right mix and this this that and then I had to master it and what happened was um, uh, in May May like May 2015 I got really really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a lot better now, so I'm 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 recent, like everything's good. So I'm just picking up the pieces now and we're putting the. Um, I formed my own record label called Malarkey Road. So the first print of this, the Far Lazy People, be on my own label. Imprint, we like to say. Imprint. Makes us sound like we know what we're talking about. Imprint. Oh, well, I hope. (laughs) Well, I don't know what I'm talking about, ever. No, sometimes. But uh, it's okay for me to not know what I'm talking about. Well, no, that's true. You know, we're all feeling our way. We're all making it up as we go along. (laughs) <laughs> We're about to learn a lot about that, I think. Oh, on, on a, gee. Oh, on, yeah. on a national here. level. Yeah, it's quite a night here. So let's go back a little bit. It's, it's like we're kind of moving forward and back in time. Okay. Uh, Susan Tunney is my guest this weekend, Independence Day. Uh, what, when you, you talked before about yeah. how, you know, you were acting. Yeah. And you had this kind of moment of clarity where you decided that, you know, it, you, you had things to say rather than saying other people's words. Mm-hmm. Now, you could do worse thing than to like say the words of Shakespeare or say the words of great playwrights, mm-hmm. right? Um, what what was it, do you think, was there a specific thing or was it just more of a feeling that you had things to say? You know what it was? I just sort of, I think I, I stepped outside of myself for a moment and thought, this is completely ridiculous. I, why am I up here pretending to be somebody else? I just, I didn't, I, I, I was, I thought, I just saw the absurdity in the whole thing. You know, I was in this corset and trying to learn lines line, and learn blocking. Be somebody else. And, you know, I mean, and I had done, a, you know, a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of stuff in period, you know, in period pieces. And, and, and I stepped outside of myself for that one moment and I thought I should just go join the Peace Corps or something do something that can help people how is this helping people or how is this fulfilling I'm, I'm I felt like okay I am just a, a pawn in somebody else's vision right but when you know I just felt like I'd, I've always I always like to make uh, you know, creatively, like, um, you know, original work. And I, I was drawn to that 
earlier in my college career and, and even, you know, in high school, I went to the School of the Arts and I was an actress there. And, uh, you know, writing short stories or just making up, you know, when you have chunks of time where they, you do independent study, I always insisted on, let's make something. Let's make something that we made up, you know. I don't want to go play Juliet or, like, you know, like a lot of people use that time to play, like, Greta or, like, do, 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 you know, something they've always, some part they've always dreamt of. And I always would get a small crew of people that would, would make something of our own. Yeah. And that's what brings me joy. Do you know, uh, have you read or have seen Nick Offerman's book? Oh, yeah. Paddle Your Own Canoe? Yeah. It's funny because I only knew him in a cursory fashion as mm-hmm. kind of an oafish character from a TV show that I didn't watch. Yeah which is Parks and Rec. A lot of people yeah, love it. Yeah, Maybe great. it's great. I don't know. You know, I actually worked with his wife. Did you know? Yeah, I think so. That's, she had a lot of he's success He's married to Megan Mullally. Yeah, she had a lot yeah, of success I did a play did. with her when I was like 13 years old. And But he's, he's from where we're from. Like the yeah. south, like way south and, by Kankakee area. And, and Megan's from um, uh, Omaha. Mm. And yeah, I worked with her on that in a play that ran for like a year. So... I knew him like as this kind of oafish character uh, from, or at least I assumed it was because he looks kind of oafish sometimes and he would say probably the same thing. Yeah. But someone gave me his, this book, Paddle Your Own Canoe, because okay. he thought that I reminded this person of him. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I'm a very DIY kind of guy. Yeah. Like, and I'm always making things and fixing things. It's like, awesome. I want to make my own, just very, I guess that's what made me think of it. The way you were talking just now, like wanting to make your own thing, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's working with wood. And he was very much in plays down at University of Illinois in Champaign. Yeah. Yep. And started their own theater company and we're doing like kabuki theater, like actual legitimate wow. kabuki theater. That's amazing. And went to Japan and like just living on dirt and cigarettes and beer uh-huh. and pot and yep. like, I've done that. And like <laughs> just making stuff and then how he continued to do that through his whole life. So mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know if that's, a, I mean, it can't be unique to our area in Northern Illinois. No. But it's something that I think we very much all share. I would encourage you to check it out because he's a much yeah. more interesting character uh-huh. than I would have imagined oh, he's a, him he's being. He's a brilliant writer. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, Funny, uh, incisive and heartfelt yeah. and not at all an oaf that mm-hmm. I kind of imagine so you know challenge your own assumptions I, I, guess. I truly believe that the highest form of intelligence is humor I think so don't you depends on the day because different there are different types of intelligence there's emotional intelligence oh, there is, oh that there is <laughs> uh, I mean I, I would I would say that you know people who are very funny mm-hmm. have a f- quick intellect and a, yeah. f- a quick wit and can pull different things in because I think there's a definite skill. Cause, I mean, th- my day job in, in radio is working yeah. with a comedy writer. He has a oh. show that, that we produ- you know, I produce the show. He's the host. That's amazing. And I, I describe him to a lot of people as the smart class clown because he was that yeah. guy that couldn't get out of his own way in high school because he was always getting in trouble because he always had to say the funny thing. Not the right thing, but the funny thing because for him, the right thing was the funny thing. And he made his way into radio, and he's got the perfect gig, because now he's paid to be funny, and that's just that's that. That's great. But anyway, we're he getting- He found in. his niche. He did found his niche. Found his niche. He found his niche. So found uh, his niche. anyway, we're kind of getting off topic here just okay. a little bit with that whole Offerman thing. <laughs> it's um, okay. And back to yourself. So okay. you've, now you make that choice. You're going to make your own stuff. And was mm-hmm. it was it writing songs specifically that you no. imagined your voice I, using I always for? knew that I had a strong voice. 
Um, but I mean, I guess at first I was writing. You like, mean as a writer voice? I was writing like right. um, monologues, short plays, exper- really experimental stuff. Um, and within a little bit of time, you know, I moved into to um, you know painting pictures with my voice, or and and, and really like but I think it kind of happened on purpose because I think I was a very shy child. So the the acting experience sort of got me in touch with being able to like I don't know some of my feelings, and um, then you know putting it into song just gives me all the more strength to like to express what I'm thinking or what I feel or um, so I mean I'm happy to have had that background and some on a lot of levels you know but um, ultimately. You know, I think uh, having having chose to go to music, I th- I chose it because I ultimately thought and think that it is the most powerful venue I have to to, to move people or yeah, or like to 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 I th- I think it's what I was best at. But yeah. I, I mean, you always have that question, yeah, or you know. I think in some some weird way, I think you and I are actually related because <laughs> like I hear you saying things that like tumble out of your mouth, and like these are these are these are like ethos type things in yeah. my life because my goal was always to make people feel something yeah. happy, sad, or any of the million shades in between or subtle mm-hmm. feelings, um, subtle things that I noticed about the world. And what I always wanted to do and continue to want to do, if if I can make someone feel even a fraction of what I feel when I listen mm-hmm. to someone like Nick Drake, yeah. or I listen to uh, Tom Waits, or I listen to a John Prine yeah. song, or I listen to a David Gilmour guitar solo, or something, mm-hmm. or Mark Knopfler, something that's really Love. artistically unique. If yeah. I can give back to the world even a percentage of that, I will wow. feel like I have considered myself a success. And I, I hear very similar yeah. things, sentiments coming out of you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, uh, I guess ultimately, like the goal is, like I think. I also think that, like, when I was younger, I like, I've had, I have this strong voice, right, and I can do all these amazing things, like, but I think that um, I overused it in some ways, like, because I was young and I was so excited to show, you know, where I've really kind of, I try to pull back to a level that adds more dynamics to yeah. what I'm doing and, and, and you know really trying to keep it about the song you know Learning, the, the song yeah. should write itself it's sort of like as long as the song will show you where to go and and like I I like to think of it that way as long, like if I sit down and say I'm going to write this song today or, or force something out in a way if it comes across or like but there's sometimes, you know, say you're sitting in co-writing, I mean, and, and things go into, like, it's so much fun, you know? I, I was co-writing, I, I wrote the most recent Pagan single, the punk band from Cleveland, um, and working with him brought out an entire other side, tapped into the entire, entire different way of working for me, Um it's interesting, like diff- it's how different it is working with others than working by yourself. Yeah, and I don't think that one is 
more fulfilling than the other. I mean, there's different aspects to it. I definitely like collaborating. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah. we're from Chicago. We're an ens- we're ensemble type people. We are. Well, we're, nothing- it's freezing there, so we have to find solace and comfort yeah. uh, in each other because otherwise you're just cold. Right. Anyway. So, therefore, it's, it's an ensemble-based type of... Correct. It's a team. Thing. It's a team experience. Yeah. My guest this week on Independence Day, Susan Tunney, T-U-N-N-E-Y. Great singing voice, good songs. I think you're really going to dig this. We've heard one song from her, but you've got a couple guys here. You're going to play some live songs. What's this first right. live song going to be? Oh, it's called Shine. And tell me a wee bit about it. Well, I uh, wrote it to cheer up my boyfriend at the time. Um. But that was at the base of like what it meant yeah. to be, and I, I I had recorded a little bit uh, of it into uh, like a little into my phone basically, uh, and I found myself actually kind of listening to it when I needed to get my spirits needed to be lifted. What because a- literally there did come a point in my life like moving out to L.A. Um, and 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 I had I had a new job like looping on TV shows and movies, and I would be really intimidated. Or going to like a, an event, and I like I would listen to that song of my own, which is crazy to say. Okay, you can do this. You can go out there. You can go out into the world. Yeah. You you because you shine. You know. You're, yeah. you're you're you. People are looking for you. Yeah. There's. And it's I think a lot of artists are people who for whatever reason aren't they they've got a when they look in the mirror what they see isn't what the rest of the world sees mm-hmm. right in your another way to say that would be to say that you know we're our own worst critics oh because when we're making something creative it's something That's new hard. you know there's that uh, Jonathan Brooke do you know who she is singer songwriter she she once called it the you suck demon oh yeah like sitting on your shoulder <laughs> like all the that. time like no matter yeah. what you oh. do she's awesome and if she has the you suck demon but we all have the it's, you suck demon. I think that, um, but once in a while you come across somebody that is just so confident. It's like I just they think everything they do is great, and I'm like, how how do I get? Well, something? but you know as well as I do, Susan, that a lot of those people like that's the best act of all. But you know, there's but there's a, there's a couple different ways to do it. There's like the subterfuge version of that, which is like the first time I mixed a band. It was actually our co-friend Brad Peterson, oh, I love who's uh, who's on the show. Uh, <laughs> we both know him. We found that out when we yeah. met recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was playing in Geneva, Illinois, playing yeah. a band, playing a show with his band, and their sound like he had a whole PA system. And he, I don't know if it was his friend or where they hired a guy or whatever, but the sound guy didn't show up. Oh my god! And he's like, "Hey, Joe, can you run the board?" And I oh. never run a mixing <laughs> board in my entire life. You know, those things are huge back then. Yeah, I mean, 20, I'll show you 24 inputs and all those knobs. <laughs> but here's the key I had read a lot about it. Yeah. I knew functionally how they worked. I'd never really touched one. But it's like, you know, he said, Can you do it? And the answer to that question is, Of course. Of course I Why, can. Why, of course I can. Of course. So what did I do? I sat and I mixed a show and I yep. used my ears, which is something, you know, we're all graced with, and it came out fine. And here I am. I mean, I've been paid to be a professional sound engineer yeah. in, in, in my life, uh, touring. <laughs> and I record this show constantly using the skills that I kind of BS'd my way. Mm-hmm. You, some could say. Fake it till you make it. BS my way, fake it till you make it. Anyway, okay. so let's hear this song. We'll come back. We'll talk. Okay. We've got all, we've got okay. all night to talk, okay. but I want to hear this music. So you've awesome. got on the band tonight, actually, another Chicagoan, your friend and yep. mine, Mr. Adam Baker. On Aaron loan. Baker. I'm, 
I was thinking about Adam. I'm going to reset that. And how did you, how'd you read my mind? Are you psychic? In this band, yeah, you've got uh, Mr. Aaron Baker mm-hmm. on guitar and vocals on loan from the Far West. Another Chicagoan. No. Oh, he's not on loan. Well, he plays with me too. He does, but but I, I, yeah, it, um, I remember I was really uh, nervous. Like I thought, oh, I don't know if Aaron Baker will want to play with me. Yeah, uh, you know, he plays with Dorian Taj. You know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, so I, I got I rummaged up the said you know I'm thinking about making some you know music and doing uh, recording and whatnot. Um, would you be interested in playing with me? And he was like, Oh God, of course I'd love to do that. And I was like, Oh great! But I was so scared to ask him because. <laughs> I it's like know. asking a dude on a date. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, oh, it's like but you know that when you're in that uncomfortable place. And you're afraid to do something, it's because you're supposed to, like, you know, it's exciting. Right. It's a good thing. It's moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, taking risks. I mean, Ray Bradbury is a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. And his whole phrase, I've probably said this on the show, this very same thing. You know, some people say, you know, jump in the net will appear. But Bradbury framed that very differently. And I think it's a very, very key distinction. He said jump and build your wings on the way down. Yeah. Because that's a much bigger risk than expecting there to be a net. I don't want to be caught. No. I want to fly. No, you ha- that's, that's I want the beauty. Wings. That's the beauty. Of the- anyway, so we, again, we'll come back and talk about this. So this is the song by okay. Susan Tunney. This is Shine on Independence Day. The moon is set behind The city sky like a merry-go-round Across your face Walking up through a movie set of this perfect September night. Shine, shine, and you're making other people shine too. Shine, shine, yeah, There's cotton candy and a Ferris wheel. I'm stuck on top, and I don't wanna look down. I keep looking up. But I gather down tonight For the first time in my life I didn't cry, kind of like it appear We're shining up here, hanging too far above the earth Shine, shine, you're making up people shine too
My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. It makes me proud to think that anybody listens to this show. I work very, very hard at it, and I think we've got a good product here. And it's free for the love of God. So drop by indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com to hear every episode of this. We are over 175 episodes now. Wow. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. If I made a nickel for every uh, every hour I'd spend on the show, <laughs> I wouldn't have to work. In any case, you have to work. Uh, this week's guest, Susan Tunney from my favorite city, Chicago, Illinois, my hometown, home nice. of the Blues Brothers, home of, I can't wait to say this, you're not going to like it, the world champion Chicago Cubs. You know, I accept it now. <laughs> it's um, a faint praise. Ms. Tony. I do accept it. I just, I can't believe so many people on the South Side are walking around in Cubs gear. And, you know, I mean, literally my father, I think. Everyone loves a winner, Susan. My father almost had a heart attack that day. And I said this too. I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying this, but I'm glad that your father almost had a heart attack. Because oh. if that means the Cubs won the World Series. What if something really bad had happened? That'd be different. But then I was wondering, maybe go, Dad, did you place a big bet on this? game or something like why would you care i will never tire of saying the world champion chicago Cubs. oh my but here's the thing but then i said if you had the choice to take back the championship to have hillary clinton win oh twice on sunday they said totally people say no oh i would say totally you would give up the championship totally because the cubs will be back They've got a solid team. They've got a shot at it this next season as well. Of course. And they're a young got, team. And they're a young team. And they've got the bright coaching. They've got the right management. You know, there's nothing that's guaranteed, of course. Right. But the Cubs have another shot. We yeah. do not have another shot with getting the orange man out. And I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. Like, we here at Independence Day are not very happy about this development. Mm. If you are, feel free to tune, tune us out. Go listen to someone else's <laughs> podcast. I'm fine with that. Mm. In any case. We're getting our marching. We're getting our boots on. We are. We are. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, but the, the thing with the Cubs, though, I'm going to say this. I'm going to move on. I promise. Okay. This will be uh, short. Uh, it's actually less about me. I like the Cubs. I love Chicago. Yeah, but I have friends. I have friends who live and die by the Cubs and have since I met them in grade school. Mm-hmm. Like bananas. And, and they, they would rather have them. All this time. Yeah, And, and their true. whole parents' lives. Lost all that time. And their grandparents' lives lost all that time, too. Yeah. So half or more of my pride in the Cubs' victory is for those friends, more so than it is for myself. I get it. You know, I'm just playing the devil... Devil's advocate. Of course, you're here, a you know, What are you going to do? And, you know, we I have, suppose you're a Packers uh, fan, too. My cousin Tom has season tickets. So I have gone to my share of Cubs games, but my father... Wouldn't talk to me for like a month after I, I found out I won. You know, the new stadium, I don't like the Southside Stadium. Like the old one it's was terrible. cool. It's terrible. They made all their mistakes on that stadium and then the rest of the, like what Baltimore built there is next to it and just learned by all of the Chicago yeah. uh, mistakes for that. It's a what disaster. In any, in any case, let's take this opportunity. Let's talk about music in Chicago because mm-hmm. this is something you and I have both experienced. And we'll yeah. kind of compare it and contrast it to LA. It's very, very different. Very. Like when I was there, man, it was like the circuit of like, you know, Metro was where we were all trying to get to. So congratulations yeah. to you for getting to the top yeah. of that mountain, right? <laughs> but like Shuba's was kind of next in line. Shuba's, like, uh, Lounge Jacks. Shu- lounge, lounge Jacks. I never got to play Lounge Jacks. Brad did. Um, yeah. It was gone by the time I had my own band. I was oh, in college. It did. Um, 
I mean, I'd, I'd seen shows there, but by the yeah. time I had my own band. M- Empty Bottle is pretty much. Empty Bottle. I mean, I played. We played there a couple times. Beat Kitchen. Elbow Beat Room kitchen, I probably yeah. played about a million times. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, there was a place called. The um, Avalon. Avalon. Our first gig ever was at the Avalon. Wow. Because it was right up the street from where I worked. Sometimes I would like just sleep on the pool table after a gig and run up to Sather's to go to work yeah. break- the breakfast shift. <laughs> and but there was like a so there were kind of like two things going on in Chicago. Like the, there was the bloodshot thing, which is like yeah. punk country that everybody kind of knows, like up tempo, yeah. ramped up, amped up country ish mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But it kind of in some weird way it almost predated like modern alt country. It was different. Yeah, it was much more punk influenced. Yes, but it wasn't Uncle Tupelo style. It was no, different. Yeah, it was different. It's different. It Uncle- was a little more. Yeah, like what was it? Handsome family. Uh huh. They're a little more. There was a harder edge. Yeah, it's harder. To it, you know. Uh, but then, so then there were also like when I was there. Uh, who's the North Avenue Wake Up Call band? Uh, uh, not Hello Dave. What was that oh, band? North Avenue Wake Up Call. Uh, in a day, Freddie Jones. Band. Oh, in, oh yeah, I remember. In a daydream. And like, so there was this whole cadre of bands that yeah. are just, Chicago's kind of yeah, was- it's isolated on the plains and the lakes there. But there's like in the summer there's these street festivals and it was like yep. the same eight bands would just rotate which street True. festival they were playing. Yeah, and I always found it very frustrating. We played one Ozfest. I, I I just found Chicago to be frustrating in that regard because I didn't want to play in a jam band. No, right? I mean, and God bless them. You know, that's fine. That's its own thing. You know, there's a some little, people love them. Some people love it, and that's cool. And it's you know there's a virtuosic element to mm-hmm. that, musically speaking, improv in terms of improvisation. It's not that they're bad, but I didn't get it. I want. I was songs. I really wanted to be able. And those bands play a lot of covers too, which I also didn't like. Yeah, but th- and then there's the hipper than thou, the whip by the hips, whip with the hip stick. What do you get? Like, I don't know if I'm gonna travel, but like you know the super hip, like the the rainbow crowd, you know, like how to you know the the uh, you know drag city thrill jockey, like the. Right, that end of the the spectrum. Well, Ministry we, was in Chicago. Yeah, uh, Skinny Puppy. Skinny right? Puppy uh, was Filter. KMFDM Filter. filter yeah, was a I went to band, I went right? to high school with Gino Leonardo, and he, you know, mixed some. Yeah, we he's mixed. We, he would sneak us into wax tracks. And at the time, you know, what's his name? Albini was there. Oh yeah, right, Steve uh, Albini. And so, and then see, that's the thing. Like when Naked we, Ray Gun. When we, like when I was first, I like the generation right before me yeah. in Chicago, at least, was like Liz Fair, Urge Overkill, oh, so yeah, I, That's Pumpkins. where I was. Yeah, I was in the middle of that, too. So, you know, that was like, I was, I went, it took me forever to get through college. I should have been done with college and I should have been in Chicago at that time, but I was still downstate playing, like playing in bands downstate. Yeah. And I'd come up and play gigs with like Brad yeah. or whatever. Um, but my college band wasn't touring. Like we were in college, like we were in the cow towns downstate and we'd come up and play with other people in Chicago, but we didn't book gigs in Chicago. It was a little far. We never got to that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I always thought it was an interesting thing because, you know, you hear those stories about, um, the pumpkins when they were recording Gish, like working day jobs and then driving up to Madison after work to record at smart studios with Butch Vig. And like, they were like, they were playing elbow room. Just a handful of years before we were, and Elbow Room's kind of a dumpy basement cave. Yeah, yeah. and it was just such an interesting time. Yeah. Urge Overkill. There's so, there's so many bands. So many bands that came out of there, and like there's so many bands that got signed. You know that we hadn't even that we didn't. Everybody was running around getting right. signed. It seemed like, and like 
Um, yeah, everybody assumed we were. Yeah, material issue. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. You forget I, about that. At that point, I mean, I guess I was still listening to Van Halen and Edie Burkell, like which is like a weird, uh, yeah. you know, combination right. of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, and then I got bit by the kind of like the alt country bug at that point. Yeah. Like Uncle Tupelo, Sunvolt, Wilco, yeah. yeah. Jayhawks Wilco. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. that became my thing, which wasn't really it wasn't that mm-hmm. bloodshot thing at all. And it wasn't Yeah, it, I'm more along the like I fit in with the I mean, I'm more of the Wilco crowd. Right. Like I, I knew a lot of the, those guys that were working, you know, engineering for that. I was at the Wilco loft a lot, you know, it's at one point and friends of mine have working on the records or yeah. playing on the records and uh, those were good times. Yeah. <laughs> those were it good was times. a fertile time and I don't know. So like. Because Dave Trumfio, who produced my record, you know, worked, engineered and mixed a lot of the Wilco, seminal Wilco stuff. And who's the, who's the producer? Brian Deck? Brian Deck mm-hmm. works uh, Iron and Wine. Does a lot of stuff out of yep. their studio and other bands too. Yeah, and, and, and he, guy, he right? uses Matt Lux. Yeah, Brian Deck. Yeah, uh, I never worked with him personally, but I, I knew a lot. Of, I mean, I knew him, but uh, not not like just in, as an yeah. associate. But um, so then let's we we can't stay too much talking about Chicago. So we should move on to Los Angeles because Los otherwise, Angeles. what's just going to be government is going to be tuning out. But my my question though. Before we move to Los Angeles, in terms of our conversation, yeah. is what like what was your late night post gig food situation in Chicago? Oh, uh, Arturo's mm-hmm. a lot. Um, uh, Maxwell Street. I was would go down there and like eat off the hood of the car. Is that place that that twenty four seven three sixty five place? Is that El Presidente? Oh, El pa- yeah, El Presidente. On Ashland, uh, I do believe. Yeah, we had a house like right around the corner food from there. My first great, house out of college. Recall. Called uh-huh. the Nest. Yeah. Sixteen fourteen Diversity Street. Yeah. We wondered why he kicked us out or wouldn't renew our lease when like, you know, he'd be coming home and we'd all be on the roof. <laughs> you know. With a fire. Like, why? We pay our rent on time. <laughs> Those were the days, man. <laughs> so yeah, because mine mine was on the corner of Andre and Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Right across from that Burger King was a divey little uh, Mexican joint called El Chino Tacos Incorporated. Oh. And... Honore. Honore. Okay, over there, yeah. And it was right, lived- right down the street from Milwaukee, North and Damon, yeah. before the double door even went in. Oh, yeah. That was the Main Street pub. We were, we'd go in there all the time. Subterranean Because I lived in Hoyne, right around the corner. I lived on Hoyne. Hoyne and, yeah, we had a loft there. And I lived over in Humble Park. Yeah. You know, all over the place. So, okay, so now... Let's stop the Chicago shenanigans because okay. the show will be like 27 hours long and it'll just oh be you and I God. reminiscing about how many cheap beers we drank at Cracker oh Bars God. in the city of Chicago. But <laughs> oh. So now, because here's the big thing. Actually, you know, let's, let's play a song first because okay. we come back because this is a key aspect to this conversation okay. that I've been kind of building up to this whole time. What's this next live song? Um, this song is c- called Clouds. Um, and, you know, I had gotten uh, this new... Electric guitar is a 64 Bobcat Harmony, Harmony Bobcat. And I plugged it in and I started playing with the sounds. And um, I think I was like a little melancholy at that. I was trying to get like give myself, I think at the end of the day, like, and I, oh, I had just gotten like the garage band or something. I was playing around with that. And um, I I was thinking about how, you know, 
I kind of wanted to come out of my shell a little bit and like put, put, because I had just decided to put some more of my music out there. And, um, you know, that, that, you know, we, that I needed to have the confidence. I, I had to know what I was about and believe in that, you know, what I had to say was relevant, but like, but you know, sometimes I don't know. That's kind of the, the gist of it. Okay. All right, my guest this week on Independence Day, Susan Tunney, T-U-N-N-E-Y. I'm not sure why I feel so. It's an imperative for me to put the extra, like make sure people T- know how they spell it. But and they can say find it. Me. People have to say Tooney. Tooney. Tunney. Susan Tooney. Tooney, Tooney. Uh, and people can find you on the internet, facebook.com slash Susan Tunney Music is one of the more mm-hmm. logical places. Also, soundcloud.com or slash. Susan Tunney, Susan Tunney and the family. And the family. Uh, also, soundcloud.com slash Susie Dance A Lot. And that's, that's Susie, S U S I E, Dance A Lot. You can find her there. If you can follow her on Twitter, Real Susan Tunney, and Instagram is the same thing as well. Yes. So, this is Susan Tunney. The song is Clouds on Independence Day. Won't you tell the clouds to rain Cause I want to live again Though it's taken forever to pull it together The foolish eye keeps on breaking Say goodbye to all your friends In the blind spots of But you take your breath and you look ahead And the fool inside keeps you breaking Baby, know you're Alleviate the doubt Said you better own it's just what
should tell the clouds to rain Cause I want to live again Lovely music, Susan Tunney. Thank Sounds you. Sounds good. Like what you do. And good band, too. Thank thanks for, you. Thanks for bringing those guys in here. I always love it when artists bring other people yeah. along. I really feel like it adds just dynamic depth yeah. and texture. And, you know, people can do a lot with just their voice and a guitar or piano or whatever, but... I don't know there's something there's something like human brain waves. The, the the more the like the merrier. Like I know you know different setups require like a different arrangements and stuff. But you know with these guys, I know I could they they you know the, I know that we can go anywhere, do anything, and make it. We're going to land on our feet somehow. So, yeah, like a know. cat. And 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 the listening like. If when when we're just really intent on like listening, it's it's great because not everybody does that. That's true. It's the simple little thing. I'm just so blessed. It's an extra level of communication that musicians have to have because it's like we all okay. So we are great. We're all from here. We all speak English. Um, We all learn the same notes. Yeah. We all you know eat food and drive cars and whatever. But then to have that level of connection musically is a very, very different thing. It's a special thing. You don't, yeah. al- you don't always find it. I mean, you can make great music with people, but when you really connect with someone, you can make really, really, really great music with yeah, people. Yeah, I can, they can really, I can just give the little look or a little. Yeah. It's spe- That's pretty special. Like, and you know, I can. I say like I'm just I feel I have the best I have the best band in LA like yeah. these guys are kind of you know they they know where I'm coming from in a way and yeah. I, I like I've just I have more fun whatever you know when I have them with me it just really frees up me to to uh, focus on the vocal like I need to because right. that's really what's you know that's really like yeah my main what's well, the most important thing. You know, unless you're I hate playing, to say that because I'm the singer, but well, no, it true. is. Unless you're playing <laughs> instrumental music, because well, here's the reason I'm going to give you my reason why. Everyone has a voice, with very few exceptions. Some people can't actually talk, but that's a very, very low percentage. Everyone in our, even if you can't sing, every human being has a voice. Yeah. So it's the instrument that we all carry around with us, whether we're good at using it or we're blessed with the ability to use it or not. We still have a voice, and people who are terrible singers. Yeah, I'd love still to still sing things. in the shower or love they it. sing in their car or whatever and they're you know unabashedly just make yeah. their sounds. So like when my mom sings happy birthday to me, it's just so adorable. My favorite thing, my dad can actually sing completely untrained, but he has no idea the words to any song. So <laughs> to listen to him sing is actually very very endearing because he just kind of like makes up what he thinks the words are. Yeah. And it's kind of cute in a way. Yeah. Uh so good for you, Daryl. Uh, so let's get you let's 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 well, let's get us geographically to where okay. we are yeah. now. Like the number one question I have is because I have my own reasons, but why did why choose to leave Chicago? Because you chose twice, just as I did. Yeah. You chose to go to New York and then back and then Chicago and then. Well, you know, I uh, I realized that like if I choose to stay in Chicago, it really does trap me within the restaurant industry. Um, you know, my family being in the business and and whatnot, and I, I was like, "What else am I? What, what else would I do there besides, as far as earning a living?" And like, you know, I have 
my old, both my oldest brother, who has you know a slew of kids and his grandkids here, and uh, my lo- younger sister here, and you know she's just had a baby, and like I've never had the privilege of, you know, being part of my nieces and nephews' life as they were growing up. Now my brother's kids are all pretty much adults, you know, and you know having family here, and also you know being a dreamer and like having a lot of skill sets beyond what, what being, I felt like I really needed to come here in order to, to, to be able to, to experiment or discover where my skill set has taken, could take me. And, you know, miraculously, I haven't had to have a job job. I mean, I've got to earn my living doing, you know, um, voiceover ADR, um, and my music. Here and there, yeah. you know, little, you know, because because what I do is work in in post production. I can like, hey, the, the people uh, will be, oh, have you heard Susan's music, and then they slide stuff in or whatever. Yeah. It was the perfect thing so far. So so far so good. Now you yeah. know, but it's the whole um, playing, finding a venues to play here. Yeah, it's challenging. Getting certain doors to open which have just opened for me before. Like, you know, I moved to New York and Matt Hickey was the talent buyer at the at the Mercury Lounge and the Bowery Ballroom. I'm just thrown in the, you know, the, in the coolest place to play in New York City. You know, I mean, and then... So I've never really had to... In the, to work it, you know, like, yeah. as far as breaking into trying to get to play the decent places to play where it's not pay to play. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm very, I've been very patient and it's been fun. I mean, I I love playing at El Cid, you know, El Cid was great. Um, the reason I ask you, if I may interject for just a second is that like when some of the first people before me who moved to LA, who I knew like from college or from high school, like they faced some, let's call it animosity. Chicagoans are kind of insular in that regard. Like they looked at LA as yeah. like this shiny place full of fake plastic people. And there is certainly an aspect of that here. But so it was a weird thing when I myself came out here because I, we talked about this before. I mean, I've been out here a pretty good long time now, mm-hmm. but I still kind of identify as a Chicagoan oh. living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, I allow myself to wear perhaps slightly funkier clothes than I did before because uh-huh. I live in Los Angeles. And I, but I guess it's just allowing me to be who I was in a way. Yeah. In Chicago, I felt more boxed in. Like I bought some right. motorcycle boots. I remember going back to Chicago at the first time with my motorcycle boots. And like uh-huh. people would look at me like, because in Chicago, if you wear motorcycle boots, you. You ride a motorcycle. You ride a motorcycle. And I have ridden a motorcycle, but I don't know right. a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Here it's just a common thing. Yeah. Or to wear like a funky shirt or whatever. It's yeah, a in different... Chicago they'd be like, "What are you?" Hmm? Yeah, you some kind of faker. Yeah, you know, a poser. And Who's now, that? Who does that guy think he is? But so that's that's what Los Angeles taught me. Yeah. Like now, like it's verboten. I would never play a show wearing shorts in a bazillion years, <laughs> right? <No. laughs> like in Chicago, like you see bands <laughs> playing. It's weird. Maybe this sounds. This is the L. Maybe I've gone L. A. But like I go back and I see bands playing shows, and like it's like, dude, you're wearing flip flops. Yeah, you know, it's like 
like to me, I learned a level of respect for my audience or a level of respect for the performance. Mm. Like I'm an, and it's the entertainment business. Yeah, it is. You a are business. entertaining, and entertainment can be sad. Entertainment yeah. can be angry. It can be happy, but it's still entertainment. Right. Like you're playing a role. It's even a if show. It's you. You're playing a show. Right. You're playing a show. Yeah, it's you know? a show. So anyway, I'm yeah. sorry. So did you when that, when you moved out here? Did you face any of that kind of backlash? Um, I, I guess sometimes like you know people people back there do think everybody here is like yeah, p- p- plastic phonies, the phonies. Yeah. They're just a bunch of phonies, Sue's. Like I I I personally like. I love that people are dreamers here. Yeah. I love that people like are just going to go, you know, I'm I'm just going to do this and I'm going to give it a go, you know. I mean, it's a place where I fit in more. Um it's it's a place that's opened me up to uh you know the fact that you know I could do this or do that. I could write a screenplay or I could, you know, I could become an actress again if I want, doesn't matter. I I don't I have, nothing's passed me by. Anything is possible. And um, it's okay that I'm I'm single and I don't have a, a nine to five job. You know, I still am blessed enough to have health insurance and a pension through the. You know, I'm like so lucky right now. You know, I mean, there's no telling what it's in this in this place. Anything can happen in a day, and your whole yeah. world could change. You know, and I like yeah. having those possibilities of you know. Yeah, it keeps me like it's kind of fun to say. Yeah, well, let's well, just try it. Yeah, the possibilities, and the other word is opportunities. Way, you know, yes. Sort of thing. There are, Way more opportunities I mean, for there somebody. There were, with... you know, I have people who stayed in Chicago and they're working in uh, the theater or they're working mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they're doing okay. It's a great theater town. Um, it's a great theater town or they're trying, to, you know, they're trying to be musicians or they are being musicians. And it can happen, certainly. Chicago's a huge city. Yeah. You know, and it does support the arts. Oh yeah, in, in a, very in a, much in a, so. In a solid way. I mean, I mean, but, you can p- make money playing there. Yeah, but then <laughs> I moved to New York and learned a very different way of things, and yeah. then I moved to Los Angeles, learned another way of different different things, yeah. and I just figured out that there are, mo- like you said, there are more possibilities and yeah. more opportunities, and like there's an aspect of craziness, yeah, which cuts both ways. Yeah, I just like, feel like I can do anything. I That's really feel like I, it. it's super positive. Like, you know, I, I would be like, well, you know, I don't know. I, why would I want to try to do this again? Or maybe, maybe, maybe we should, you know, this is, that's a great idea. Maybe you should try to think about turning that into a TV show or, and I, you know, I mean, people get around, it, people have so many different skills. There's so many different doors that are, could open at, at any given moment, like yeah. it makes getting up in the morning every day feel like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it's funny. There are so many famous people here. And there are two, I feel like there are like kind of two types of famous people. There's the type of famous person who's famous for doing something. Right. And that can be, right. and that can be acting. It can be music, it can be sports, it can be politics, it can be whatever. But then they become famous, right? right. And then they be either do or do not become the second type of famous, which is like the celebrity, right. which is famous for being famous. Yeah. And now in our modern society, we have a new offshoot of that, which somehow skipped that whole first step, which is the Kardashian exactly. thing. Well, they're simply just famous for being famous. You're not exactly sure how that even happened. Well, now there's kids out there. Like I think um, my girlfriend... Uh, Alex said she she woke up the other morning, and her eight year old daughter said, "Mommy, will you make me famous?" 
Mm. Like, I want to be famous. She's like, well, what do you want to do to become famous? You know, the, the people, don't, yeah. they, they, they just think, you know, are you, are people, I'll go over there and she'll go, Susan, are you famous? <laughs> in, in some ways, with the way technology has developed in our society, it was inevitable. And by that, I mean, in our lives growing up, being famous meant you were on a screen. Like initially it was on a stage, but yeah. then but then that kind of went away when, I mean, it's still around, but it became a screen yes. or it, it was a screen in your house, a tube. Yeah. And they were famous if you were on the TV. Yeah. And then now there's a screen everywhere. There's a screen right. in your pocket. So if you're on a screen, everybody that, that they've now, we've now equated that and conflated that with being famous. If you're on the screen, we can all do it. I could shoot a video. I shoot videos for the show. People, right. as a matter of fact, it's a good opportunity to say, go to indepthday.com and watch the video of Susan Tunney singing her songs, which are lovely <laughs> and go to you people's YouTube channel. I've got a YouTube channel. All God's children have a YouTube channel, <laughs> but that now that's, that's fame in some weird way. It's very twisted. And I think over time that will become passe. Uh, but right now, True, it's right? still new enough. It's still new, but it will go away. Everyone, you know, it'll be so commonplace. I yeah. mean, maybe we're there already. I don't know. But like when the internet natives, yeah, you know, the kids. The like, internet natives. That's what you call them. The kids, those crazy kids. What's next? <laughs> anyway. So, I mean, I love these meandering conversations <laughs> about music and how we do what we do. So now, so you, but you like Los Angeles. You like being here. I really do. I mean, it, it's um, it's great. It's great really being close to family. Um, yeah, it which really is, a is Like, I wish I had family here, which I do not. You know, I mean, like, I have more family here than I do back in Chicago. Oh, immediate family. My immediate family is six of us, four kids, my parents. Well, three of us kids are here. Um, you know, my parents are back in Chicago. They will never leave. Yeah. Um, they hate even coming. They, they won't rent a car when they come here. <laughs> my mom's the same way. It's really? so many lanes. Oh, my I God. It's like, so, so thank God for this, like, Uber thing. And they're yeah. like, wow, this is great. It's cheaper even than renting a car. It's like. <laughs> a car. A car. Um, you know, but, uh, and then my other brother's in Florida. So like basically then you add in the nieces and nephews and all that. Yeah. And I'm not going know. to Florida. Oh, couldn't I pay doubt. Me, couldn't pay me enough to go to Florida. But is it, what is it? With people go there who have a lot of money because of the tax breaks? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'll say this, like, sorry, I apologize in advance to people from Florida, but. My brother lives in Florida. I used to love Florida. St. Pete's is Growing nice. up. In Chicago, like mm-hmm. Florida was like the promised land. Because right. I, I never liked being cold. That's, right. that's the thing. And it's cold a lot in Chicago, news. Flash. Oh, yeah. Uh, but So every time we go to Florida, the weather's gorgeous, and it's relaxing, and there's the beach, and there's like airbrush t-shirts, and there's bikinis, and there's coconut stuff, and it's like, it's exotic. Yeah. Right? But once I discovered California, <sighs> it to me personally, it kind of rendered Florida obsolete. Like, wait a minute, we have mountains in addition to all that other stuff? Mm-hmm. And we've got like world class food on top of all that other mm-hmm. stuff, and we've got the entertainment business on top of the other stuff. And it's like it, 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 it's it's a no brainer. It's why I mean it's expensive here. You know, it's pretty expensive in Chicago too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think everywhere is. You know. But I mean, I guess we're L.A. is now officially the second most expensive city to live in in the United States of you ever America. Been to Tokyo. 
once you go to Tokyo or London, to a certain extent, it's like it's this London, too. Like once yeah. you've been to Tokyo, everything is free everywhere else. Because Tokyo is ridiculous. It's absurd. Anyway, it's a lovely city. How do people do it? I have no idea. I mean, I, I think about myself, you know, it's, it's only me I have to look after, you yeah. know, and people, how do people do it? I don't know. I have a lot of respect for, you know, sacrifice, you know, the sacrifice. To get all existential about it, I don't know how anybody does it. You know, it's True. like, you look at, I look at anybody in anybody's life, you know, and it's yeah. just like, you, know, you just, you do what you do, you get by. You know, you just do it. You just do it. It's like anything else. All right. So one more song. Okay. We got about enough time for one more. What's this last one, Susan? It's called October. Um, Very unique time in Chicago, October. It's my favorite month. It's like, so the golden, like all the leaves are Mm -hmm. changing and like you get that Indian summer day Mm. that um, everything's golden. You know, the trees are golden and the light is just that. So, um, but then two minutes later, it could be. Yeah. I have long said growing up the Midwest that fall was the most beautiful story ever written with the most tragic ending because I loved fall, but don't like winter. Never did. Even out here where it doesn't get that cold, I still don't like winter. Still. Um, Even now. In Chicago, you mean? March in Chicago is pretty. Like you never know. It's the worst. I spring is awful in the city of Chicago. Uh, it's cold. It's wet. Snows. I have seen my breath outside in Chicago in every month of the year, except for maybe July and August. Yeah. Every month of the year, I've seen my. Yeah, breath This is the first thing I noticed when I got off the plane when I came home to Chicago. It was like, oh my god, I'm seeing my breath everywhere at all times. <laughs> You just panted. I like that. Okay, Susan, this is uh, Susan Tunney, uh, accompanied by Mr. Aaron Baker and Kyle McCammon on bass. This is the song October.
My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to Independence Day. And thank you, Susan Tunney, oh, thank for coming you, on the show. Uh, I consider this to be kind of a family because it's kind of crosses, cuts across a lot of different styles of music in Los Angeles and a lot of different people and different social sets. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being part of it. Yeah, you know? thank you so much thank for having me here. For like opening your heart, sharing your thoughts about music in your life mm-hmm. and in what you do and how you do it. Um, you know, because people don't have to do this. You know, I like to talk it's about it. It's an honor to be here. And I, well, the honor is mine. And, and I love to talk, as you can tell. Yeah, well, I, obviously I do too. So <laughs> we're doing the right thing in terms yep. of that. Um, but now you've got this brand new EP, mm-hmm. um, and it's coming out very, very soon, but you don't yeah. know exactly when. Um, well, right now we're going to, what we need to do is just build um, the package and then decide, you know, is it just going to be a digital release. Right. I'm thinking of maybe just doing a digital release and then putting out a, a, a seven inch with um some of the tunes on there and making a, a video, like getting all that kind of thing to get getting gearing it to get ready f- for release and even like um doing a remix. Yeah. Okay. Um so all that is in the works with um you know and everything is in the hands of whoever needs it. Um and then, you know, uh, putting a PR plan together and in place. Um, so I would say, you know, hopefully sometime this spring, but July yeah. at the latest. Okay. Because um, it's pretty high up there on my list right now. Yeah. It's And I have some time to devote to, to all the research and everything that needs to be done. And I found the right people to, to help me. Yeah. Um, that's a thing artists need you know that's something you learn as you get farther in the industry that you don't just like put out a record no. I mean I guess you could but it's more effective if you're trying to reach people and trying to yeah. maybe make a little bit of money with it somehow yeah. 
if, yeah. if you, you know, you get that kind of organized plan together, branding, you know, right. down to like, I, I kind of like those details, like like the sequencing of the record, picking, oh, God, yeah. picking a font. I nerd out on picking fonts. Uh-huh. It's just so much fun. Yeah. I guess it's the part that like, you know, I mean, in the past, I've sort of dropped the ball on it. You know, I played in the subway in New York and I would just like record, I recorded three EPs while I was there and I just sold them. I, I, I like made my own like covers to them as I went along yeah. and sold them down in the in the subway or on the street or at shows and never did a real release. I mean, we did a, our full length for Adam Jack. We, we did three EPs and like, uh, was it? Yeah, three. EPs and like one full full length and um, the full length was properly going to be put out but like then we had a family tragedy happen with with Sophie's mother having survived two brain aneurysms and you know that put everything to a halt so like you know this this one I want to do proper um, and and it's been taking me some time to figure out exactly what that is. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for people to hear it. They can drop by the SoundCloud page in the meantime mm-hmm. at soundcloud.com slash Susie Dance A Lot. Here's some of the mm-hmm. songs there. Uh, you're going to have your own website again because I noticed SusanTunney.com is now has yeah, been usurped. I, I let it lapse. Um, Sad trombone. With a, <laughs> I was ill. And, um, and now they want... $5,000 for me to buy it back. So I'm going to find a way around it. Yeah. There, there are many, many options. Yeah, It doesn't have to be So we way. have some, some things in the works there. And I've, I, I know my, my good friend Alex Moore is going to help. Uh, and then Brad's offered to help with the, with the web making, the web page. And, you know, so well, we have a bunch of things in, 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 in place to um, hopefully get a real re- release throughout, you know, Europe and in South America as well, because that's where my fan base is. <laughs> it's it crazy to, to be. crazy to think of that, isn't it? I know. I was like totally blown away. I have the best fans in the world. They make me videos and stuff like like. It's just so cute. Oh, I forgot to show you this one last thing uh, before we roll on out of here. I, when I was researching you today, have you seen this Adam Jack fan site thing? No. It's pretty small. Like the only reason I bothered to print it out is it lists the band lineup. Y'all, you and know, all the chain <laughs> and like the discography and who played on what. Oh but my then god. it lists your gigs. Oh my god. And like you know, with the there's like a set list <laughs> with some question marks and like Metro, like three twenty five ninety five elbow room with my Scarlet Life. And like yeah. your stuff signed like what a crazy world we live in. Yeah, I know. Anyway. I think that um well, here, you can have yeah. that. <laughs> Anyways, I think I might even remember. I mean, there were people be like in the front of me with b- flowers and stuff. That oh, man. so sweet. In any case, well, Susan, thank you again so much for taking time oh, yeah, out of you. your, your busy life. Please Pleasure stay in touch. Let me know when you're playing. I'll make sure folks know when you're playing. Drop Great. by indepthday.com to hear this full episode. There's actually a bonus song on the website as well and a video. You can check that out. Thanks again to Aaron, also to Kyle. So uh, keep in touch, Susan. Please do. I will do. Okay. So thank you to Susan Tunney and her band, Aaron Baker and Kyle McCammon. Love to say that guy's name. McCammon. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The erudite Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Be sure to check them out. For Independence Day, as always, I am Joe Armstrong. And more than ever before, if you do one thing today, please be good to one another.